All right, we're going to talk about some mass shootings. We're going to talk about some baby birds getting killed. And then things are going to go downhill from there. So if you don't have a strong stomach, just skip this episode. But that's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So America had another mass shooting, a real bad one. An 18-year-old high school student in Texas took a... I mean, facts are still coming in, but it looks like he took in a pistol and a rifle into an elementary school and killed maybe 19 kids, like kid, kid kids, you know, probably under 12, maybe under 10. And then maybe a teacher or two, the shooter died. It's not clear who killed him. Law enforcement sounds like killed him. It might, it might have been border enforcement people, but that's not clear yet. I think it's been about 10 days, at least it's, it's less than two weeks since the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, where a uh, 18-year-old white supremacist went to a black neighborhood and killed 10 black people at a supermarket and, and you know, and shot some other white people too. And obviously all these things are terrible. Um, Joe Biden hopped on a jet right after the Buffalo shooting to go there and say that white supremacy was the major problem that America is facing today. It used to be ultra MAGA, but now it's white supremacy. And now a Hispanic kid, kid, like I said before, 18 year olds are kids to me. So, you know, be aware. He's legally an adult. They're both legally adults. I call both of them kids. I think maybe I have some sympathy. Maybe that shows that I have some sympathy for mass shooters. It's like, they probably don't deserve any sympathy, but but it always turns out they got some sort of mental illness and and whatever. Put them in the chair, electrocute them till they're dead. But for some reason, I think maybe I have a little bit of sympathy, and that's demonstrated by the fact that I like to call them kids. But so I don't know if Joe Biden's going to fly down to Texas to make a speech on this one. He might. Um, you know, it'll be about gun rights. It'll be about how anyone who doesn't want to take away guns is just as responsible for these kids' death as the shooter himself. Maybe this is dark MAGA. And so that, you know, no one wants kids to be killed, but I guess from an anti-woke perspective, this shooting is kind of convenient. It helps the anti-woke narrative. Because, you know, real quick, like everyone's like, we told you, we told you, white men, they're the evil ones, they're the murderers, it's always white men. Obviously, this is all contradicted by the statistics. But anyways, there's the narrative. It's always white men. And then now, you got a Hispanic man, you know, just about 10 days later. And now it's like, uh, what was the narrative again? It's going to be, oh, the narrative is guns. I mean, I guess there you go. If a white person commits a mass shooting, then that's because of white men. If a person of color commits a mass shooting, then that's because of guns. Right, you'll see gun violence. Look for the words gun violence out there. Well, heck, so just like yesterday, I was talking about some sort of anti-woke bullshit, and, um, and then I interrupted the, you know, the current message to tell you about my vineyard workers pounding tea posts, and you can probably hear them in the background. But then I was talking about the baby birds that are growing in a nest in my place where I store my electrical wires, and one of the baby birds has got out of the nest. It's almost the size of a full-grown bird, but not quite. And I don't know, I don't know if it can get back in. So I don't know if I should like go over there and pick it up and put it back in the nest or 
I mean, you know, the parents, I don't think a parent can like grab a baby bird its size in its mouth and like haul it back up like a, you know, like a cat hauls a kitten around with its mouth. All right, so I went and looked at the bird. Um, it's hopping around on the ground under, underneath the nest, which is good. So it's gotten itself back to the nest. It knows where the nest is. And I don't think I can catch it, not without hurting it. So I'm not gonna do nothing there. Like basically I need like a butterfly net, but I ain't got one. And then I saw that it can fly. It flew about maybe four feet. So it can't fly very good, but hopefully when you leave the, when you fall out of the nest, a little prematurely, hopefully that is the day that you, you, you know, basically at what time is it? It's about 10 a.m. And if it's not back in that nest by dark, which is a long time, that's probably, probably 10 p.m. Uh, yeah, about 10 p.m. So it's got about 12 hours to learn how to fully fly and get back into that nest because otherwise there are animals that will, they scour the ground every night. You got foxes, raccoons, possums even, and it will be toast. But, uh, you know, this is nature. It's nature, and really, human beings should just stay away. I mean, it might be, you know, it might be a retarded bird. It might be a retarded bird, and this is nature's way of, you know, who knows, maybe they kicked the retarded bird out of the nest so that it would die, and then the parents wouldn't have to deal with that one retarded bird, and they can put their energy into the other two birds. Whatever. I don't know. I think it's actually a very healthy bird, and... Unfortunately, healthy baby birds die all the time. So anyways, back to uh, the mass shooting we just had. I was listening to The Economist talk about it, and they busted out some stats. I think one thing they said was that we had two... Just don't quote me on this one. I think they said we had, we've had 200 mass shootings in the last year. And I think that is correct. We'll, I'll explain why here in a second. And basically, it's going to come down to Black Lives Matter. But the stats that I do remember them saying was that since 2017, the number of mass shootings per year has about doubled. And also, since Sandy Hook, that was the biggest um, grade school shooting that's real famous. That was, ten, it was about 10 years ago. So since Sandy Hook, there have been 900 shootings on school grounds. And so these stats are kind of crazy, like... 900 school shootings in the last 10 years. I mean, you know, how many school shootings can I name? Uh, there was Sandy Hook. There was Parkland, if you remember that high school one in Florida where the kids marched afterwards. There was one in, like, Wisconsin, I think. Wisconsin or Michigan or Minnesota, anyways, one of those places. Uh, last year with a guy, the kid, the kid, I guess he was a kid. The kid had it in his backpack, and he was called to the office, and then he left the office and then went and killed a bunch of people. And then there's this one we had yesterday, or the day before. And so, you know, that's about five. So I can think of about five off the top of my head. There's probably another five that I can't remember. So, you know, let's say there's been ten famous school shootings in the last ten years. That means there's 890 school shootings that you never heard of. Oh, I thought of another. I think in Texas last year there was a black kid who shot another black kid at school and then, whatever, the judge let him out, I think, that same day. I mean, the person he shot didn't die, but uh, it was kind of famous because that kid got home, and they had a big party, and they put it on Instagram celebrating getting out. And I don't think, I don't think that thing's gone to court yet. And that kid might have committed some more crimes after he was out. Like, you know, probably if you shoot someone in a high school and you hit them, but you don't kill them, 
probably should spend some time in jail because you can't be trusted. But anyways, so there's 890 school shootings, well, shootings on school grounds that you never heard of. So, I mean, I don't know for sure, but that just sounds like that's black on black shootings. Just like, well, whatever, just like mass shoot, any mass shooting that's black on black, the media never talks about it. And then the public doesn't, is unaware that they exist. You know, the public thinks that mass shootings are done by white people. And that's because the media, when a white person does it, they talk about it. And they're going to have to talk about this one because it was a bunch of kids. But, you know, they're not, the media is not like, we proved it. It's Hispanic supremacy. I mean, that's not entirely fair because the kid in Buffalo said he did it purely for race. He said, I'm a racist and I'm doing this for racist reasons, which I think is not how this, this uh, school shooting went down. But anyways, I think you get the point. There's so many freaking shootings, it's crazy, but you only hear about the ones that uh, the media chooses to tell you about. And the media is super racist against white people, and so that's how they choose which ones to talk about. And yes, the media is all white people. It's all white-on-white racism. Black people really have nothing to do with any of this stuff. Alright, the saga of the baby bird continues. And in fact, it actually dovetails with what I want to talk about with this school shooting situation. So I looked more carefully at the situation, and what it is is the nest has been torn apart. So an animal has been... The answer is the ravens. The ravens have gone in there, and they've torn apart the nest, and I guess they killed and ate two of the baby birds, and then one of the baby birds somehow ended up on the ground and got away. And so when I was seeing a baby bird on the ground, it's from an attack by the ravens. And so the Stellar J parents, when two of them gang up on the raven, they're able to chase the raven off. But that raven is just, basically, they have to go out and look for food, right? They, they, can't, they can't just stay with the babies 24-7, which is what they would need to do. And so the raven just waits for them to go off to get food to feed to the babies, and then the raven goes in and kills them. And so basically, there's no hope. I mean, the raven is so big and so strong compared to the Stellar Jays. I will say, they're all corvids. So, you know, just like you got eagles, you got hawks, there's something called corvids. And corvids, C-O-R-V-I-D, are like the most phenomenal birds. Like, I think they live, you know, different kinds of corvids live all across the world, and they just, they just kick ass. They kick other birds' asses all day long. So this is actually corvid on corvid uh, shootings. But in any case, I realized I, you know, okay, so that's what happened. The ravens are killing the babies, and they kicked the baby, whatever, and one of the babies fell out and lived. So that gave me the okay, I felt, to go chase and chase after and catch that baby bird. And it was too fast for me, but actually it ran into, it, it, uh, it cornered itself. It ran the wrong way and got to a thing, got into a thing where it couldn't get out, and so I grabbed it. And it was like so small and so fragile and so warm. Like, talk about, I don't know what the body temperature of a baby bird is, but it is... It's hot. It's a hot little mama tamale. So anyways, I grabbed it. I put it, I got out of the ladder. I put it back into its nest. And then I watched as the, uh, the parents chased the raven around a bit more. I mean, basically that bird's effed. It's, it's a, it's a dead bird walking. And basically there's nothing that can be done. I guess I could, I guess I could take it out of the nest, take it inside, go look on the internet, how to make baby bird formula 
Start force feeding it with a syringe. Anyways, I ain't doing none of that crap. But here's the point. It made me sad. This baby bird and its situation and its brothers and sisters, the two siblings that got killed, makes me sad. And in fact, it makes me more sad than all those kids that got shot in Texas yesterday. It makes me more sad than all those black people that got shot in the supermarket a week and a half ago. I mean, you know, more sad than people killed in Ukraine, more sad than whatever. You get the idea. I mean, it makes me want to cry a little bit, and uh, none of those other situations made me want to cry, like, at all. And I'm sure you've all experienced it, but it's like, it's like you'll have a movie where people are just getting killed left and right, but then a dog gets hurt, and you're like, oh, no, you know, you, you feel it. You feel that emotionally way more than all the, whatever, the mafia guys or terrorists or whoever they get shot and do some shooting i'm thinking of john wick john wick is a keanu reeves keanu reeves movie and the story of the movie is that he has a puppy some russian gangsters kill the puppy and then he kills he just goes on a killing rampage and kills a ton of russian gangsters and you know i mean obviously they're bad guys but still like when the dog, when the puppy is killed, you're like, oh my god, you feel terrible. And then when he kills a hundred other guys, you're like, I don't give a damn. I guess the point is, people kind of, people's brain, your brain, your brain picks and chooses what it wants to get sad about. And like, I know a woman, she's, you know, nice lady anyways, but when, when 9-11 happened, when the terrorists took down those buildings, she felt it. She felt it hard, and I think for days she was just despondent. And, you know, and most other people weren't. Everyone, everyone thought it was a horrendous tragedy slash totally effed up thing for those terrorists to do. But anyways, not everyone was just crying all day long like her. So, you know, it depends on the person. But so, I'm on the spectrum, or at least I like to say I am. Maybe I ain't, but I say that I am. And I get a little logical and unemotional about stuff in comparison to other people. And so, like, when a tragedy happens, school shooting, for instance, I don't go, whatever, I don't get super sad. I get, I get less sad than your average person. I mean, you know, it's hard to quantify, but less than your average. And kind of the thing that I tell myself or rationalize it or whatever, be a, be a kind of a Spock-like person is, like, you know, this, this particular incident, whatever the incident is, this is the one that I should be sad about because I know somewhere in the world there's something worse happening. Like the senator from Connecticut, which is where Sandy Hook is, um, he gave a speech that the media is, whatever, pushing pushing right now in the news. And he said something like, we're the only country in the world that has people shooting up schools. We're the only country in the world where a kid has to be afraid to go to school. And I think, you know, like the media is like, they're, they're, playing the, they're playing that clip of that guy saying that a bunch because they think that's the, whatever, that's the thing to do. But as soon as he said that, I'm like, I don't know, Nigeria in particular, in the north east corner of Nigeria where the kind of the Christians and the Muslims interface with each other, they got stuff going on at schools there that'll put anything, anything we do. Just put that to shame. 
Like in Nigeria, they got Muslim terrorists who will go into a high school, shoot a whole bunch of people, and then kidnap every kid that lives. And then take those kids, they do it to girls' schools usually, you can imagine why. They'll, They'll go into a girls' school, kill a ton of people, kidnap every girl student, take them into the jungle where they live, and marry them against their will. You know, and then they all, whatever, the girls come back five years later and they got three kids. So anyways, I guess other people hear that senator talk and they're like, oh my God, he's so right. And I, whatever, I didn't, I didn't do that when I heard it. I'm like, I can think of schools right off, you know, I can think of countries and schools right off the bat where stuff is worse. That's uh, the go-to country that I actually like to use as my mental example for, you know, why should I get, why should I care about this one when something else, something worse is going on in another part of the world is India. Like I like to follow um, foreign affairs or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. Before I get to India, let me let me mention like the Ukraine war. Maybe you know the other two wars that are going on in the world because you listen to this podcast. But basically, no one knows. But you know, the Ukraine war is going on, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, this is so horrendous." Uh, Ethiopia and Yemen have been having wars. They've been going on a long time, and especially like Ethiopia, way more people are getting killed and raped and blah, blah. So people kind of care. You know, if you hear about something, then you care about it. I guess that's what I don't do. Someone's like, did you hear about this thing? You should care about it. And I'm like, there's something worse going on right now that I know about. Why, why, you know, why, why should I divert my attention? I don't know. Why can't we say they're all bad? All right, and so this has not been a pleasant... Um, podcast so far but you know whatever if you don't like what you're hearing now just stop because it's going to get more unpleasant but so when i think of something bad happening in america and you should care about this thing i usually think yeah what about what's going on in india india is kind of famous for girls you know under 18 way under 18 it's famous for girls getting raped and murdered and in my opinion, I think that's the worst thing. It's pretty much, I mean, you know, there's probably something else. But anyways, pretty much the worst thing that a person can do is rape and murder a young girl. And so I have this theory that anytime someone is like, you've got to care about this particular thing that I'm talking about now, I'm like, there's probably, you know, a young girl being raped and murdered right now in India as we speak. Why don't you, you know, hey, why don't you care about that? But is that true? So I decided to... Whatever, I went to Google News and I did a search for, uh, I don't know what, I guess Rape India. And so I didn't I didn't find a rape and a murder of a young girl in India that's happening as we speak. But there still was some crazy crap and I've, I don't know, this, whatever. Anyways, I thought I would read it. It's not boring. It's shocking. It's not boring. I'm not going to say it's, yeah, whatever. Anyways. Anyways, it was just some interesting stuff. Makes you go, holy crap. So the big story right now, I'm not going to read this one, but the big story right now is there was a 13-year-old girl in India. She got gang raped by four guys. And she went to the cops, and the cops raped her. And so obviously, that is absolutely terrible. She wasn't murdered, but still, holy crap, holy cow. So that's terrible, but I think... Because this is an underage individual, they don't show pictures of the victim. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know if you're different than me, but anyways, if you don't have a picture of the victim, it doesn't make you as sad. 
So let me read a little bit of a story where they did show the victim. Jayasre Katharaval had always dreamed of a life beyond the garment factories of Dindigul, a remote corner of the southern Indian state of Tamil Nadu. Despite the meager wages she was earning, about 80 pounds a month, that's probably 100 bucks, Katharaval knew she was lucky to have a job at Natchi Apparels, a local factory making clothes for H&M and other international brands. Like many Dalit women in her community, a job at the factory had provided her family with a stable salary. Yet, she wanted more. So, with dreams of escaping the deprivation and caste discrimination that had stalked her family for generations, the 20-year-old studied for the civil service exams by night before leaving her home each morning to work long shifts sewing clothes for other luckier young women thousands of miles away. Katharaval never escaped the factory floor. On January 1, 2021, she failed to return home from work. Despite her family's frantic attempts to find her, four days later, her, her decomposing body was discovered by farmers just a few miles from her village. When her supervisor, a man named by Indian media as V. Thangadurai, was arrested for her murder, few of her intimate circle were surprised. Thangadurai has since been charged with their murder and is in jail awaiting trial. For months before Katharaval's death, her family and co-workers say that Thangadurai was perpetrating a relentless campaign of sexual harassment towards her, which she felt powerless to report or stop. She said this man was torturing her, but she didn't know what to do because she was so scared of losing her job, says her mother. Well, so you get the idea there. And I will say, so this, this article has a picture of the 20-year-old girl who got murdered. And she is, I mean, she's about as attractive as a woman could ever possibly be. It's probably why this thing is so famous that I was, you know, that when I search for, when I search for this thing about India, uh, this is the article that pops up. It's probably because she is, was insanely attractive. But, you know, whatever. It makes you sad. I mean, talk about a sad story. And I guess also in India right now, they're going, they're trying to, they're trying to decide if marital rape is a crime. I mean, basically, it's not a crime. And so there's a bunch of stories about how like husbands, basically beating your, I think beating your wife used to not be a crime, but now it is a crime. And so husbands, they used to beat their wives when they wanted to be, you know, to be mean to them. But now that that's illegal. They rape their wives because that's still legal. So, you know, there you go, dear listener. If you ever want to be sad, you know, if you ever want to find something that's worse than whatever the hell's going on in America, just just go look what, look up what's going on with women in India and girls. It's insane. But what's really insane, when I looked up Rape India, is this next article, and I just, I'm just going to have to read it. I mean, I, I never even heard of shit like this. Here's this article. The headline is, Four Men Gang-Raped, Killed, and Ate a Protected Monitor Lizard. The sub-headline is, I've Never Seen a Crime Like This. Forest officials in India are investigating four men who gang-raped, killed, cooked, and ate a monitor lizard in one of India's most protected forest reserves. It was the only monitor lizard in the park. 
The incident took place on March 29th at the Sayadri Tiger Reserve in the western Indian state of Maharashtra. The forest camera traps, meant for tracking tigers, caught the accused men trespassing the reserve's Chandoli National Park. Forest officials arrested the men between April 1st and 5th and found photos and videos on their phones of them gang-raping a monitor lizard and then killing and eating it. I have never seen a crime like this before, Division Forest Officer Vishal Mali told Vice World News. The men are in their 20s and 30s, and they appear to have done it for fun. There was no religious or black magic agenda. India's monitor lizards are endangered and are a protected species by law. Violators may be punished with a seven-year jail term. A report by wildlife advocacy groups recorded 82 cases of sexual abuse against animals in India between 2010 and 2020. This was out of a total of a half million cases of animal-related crimes that included torture and killings. Whatever. And then the next paragraph, I don't even want to say, so we'll call it good on that article. Twitter handle, at AntiWokePodcast, and thanks for listening. So, what I've been saying is not sick enough yet. I'm still not going to tell you more about that India article, but... I was watching this video, and it was about magpies. Magpies are the same as ravens, except they're like black and white. They're corvids, big corvids. And there's this video on YouTube. I don't want to watch that video again. I I stopped watching the video in the middle of it. I'm not going to go find its name. But you can find it if you want. But anyways, these magpies were killing um, a farmer's sheep, or or lambs. And so basically, there was a farmer, farmer in England, and he had a bunch of sheep... And every time the mom sheep would be giving birth to the lamb, the magpies would come up and they would peck out the eyes of the lamb, like when it was like halfway out the rear end of the mom sheep. And then obviously the baby would fall on the ground and then would die soon thereafter because it had eyeballs pecked out. And so the mom would leave it and then the magpies would eat it. 